how do you prevent a client from solving the wrong problem? Or how do you prevent a client from getting engaged with emotionally or mentally with solving the wrong problem? Well, in today's episode, Mr. Michael Hyatt, the founder of fullfocus.co, a training, publishing, and planner company that also coaches and mentors many leaders, entrepreneurs alike, will tell you that there is one thing to focus on as you're coaching someone to ensure that you're not solving the wrong problem. He gives a ton of great examples. He's a great storyteller. I think you're going to love this one because it's very tactical. You can take this away and start getting better at this skill as a coach. And when you do, it will dramatically transform the way that you show up with your clients and the results that they're going to get. So let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to the UpCoach Podcast for modern coaches and creators with your host, Todd Herman. In 20 minutes or less, our goal is to share one big idea that will transform your coaching and your business. So let's get into today's episode. It's an honor, Michael, to have you on the show. Thank you for saying yes, but welcome to the UpCoach Podcast. Thanks, Todd. Been looking forward to this. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I do have to mention as a Canadian that you're almost, if you're wearing blue jeans as well, you're on your way to a Canadian tuxedo with that denim shirt. Yeah, I actually have brown corduroys on, but I was going to put jeans on this morning. And my wife said to me, she said, are you really going to wear the Canadian tuxedo? And I said, good point. <laughs> Total bonus points if you had have done it as a farm and ranch kid, but uh, I'll, take the, uh, I'll take the denim shirt anyway. So, well, Michael, before we kick on and, and talk about the kind of craft of coaching and, and you're kind of one thing, I'd love everyone just to find out if they don't already know who you serve, how you got into this space, and a little bit about Mr. Michael Hyatt. Well, I've been a consumer of coaching for about 20 years, and I've never not had a coach during that time. And I feel like coaching has been the single biggest point of leverage in my business. And, and the way I look at it, if you want to go further, faster, get a coach. Because the slow, dumb way is to figure it all out yourself. And even with YouTube videos, you know, in the, in the realm of coaching and particularly business coaching, it just doesn't work. So I love having somebody that's there as an advocate for me. I couldn't get that from my board when I was back in a, you know, corporate responsibility. You can't get it even from your friends or your colleagues, but a coach that knows you, that intimately is acquainted with your business, I think is a game changer. So yeah, so most people I serve are business owners. Yeah, well, going back to your statement about you just can't get it from YouTube, from your perspective, what are some of those reasons why? Because you've got so many hours in working with people in, the, in their business and coaching them, what would you say is the reason why that would be a slower way to go about doing it? Well, because again, I think it's gotta be customized. You know, every client's situation is unique. And I think the right word at the right time, the right question at the right time can make a huge difference, can shift everything for that person. And it certainly has for me. You know, I can remember back in the Great Recession in 2009, I had just, you know, we were struggling. I was leading this big publishing company. We were publicly held and our sales had declined by about 20% in that first year of the Great Recession. And so I felt like we finally had a handle on it. And so my executive coach came in, she met with me for a full day, and this was in July. 
And she said, how does next month look? And I said, man, I think we are on track to beat the month. And I feel really good about it. Well, she came in August and she said, so how did it go? And I said, we missed a plan. And she said, why? And I said, in case you haven't heard, we're in the middle of an economic recession. And foot traffic at retail is down. Consumer confidence is down. Added to that, we're in the middle of this whole transition from physical publishing to digital publishing. Marketing's all goofed up because we got social media. We're not quite sure what to do with that. And traditional marketing is not working like it used to. And she said, well, okay, but why did you miss your numbers? And I, I started to get irritated. I said, I just told you. And she said, well, let me ask it another way. If you could go back and lead differently, go back 30 days and lead differently, what would change? And I said, oh, well, I would have you know, met with a sales team on a daily basis. I would have gone on that sales call to Walmart because I think I could have made a difference. Just the CEO being there would have made a difference. So I went through all these different things. And so she says, so what you're telling me is that it was about your leadership. And the question that she had asked and the question I still ask my clients is what was it about your leadership that led to these results? And that was the first time I learned that when you ask the right question at the right time, it could be a game changer. That forever affected my leadership. And I still use that question regularly to this day. It's a great question, Michael. And everyone's going to get now a bonus one thing. Because uh, I say, like, when I'm talking to coaches before we come on, like, what's the, maybe there's a single question that's made a huge difference. So, I mean, I could, we could have a long conversation just about that one question. But you bring up something I had just interviewed Marshall Goldsmith's uh, partners in the 100 coaches agency world. And uh, they were sharing this one executive coach who works with a lot of very powerful leaders in corporate world. And they have a really great frame and the way that they're articulated is something that I haven't shared as articulate as this other person, but they get to the end of their coaching calls or, you know, coaching day with that person. And they ask them, it's such a great question on a scale of one to 10, how close were you to firing me today as a coach? And it's because from their perspective, and and that's why I wanted to get into this next part of the conversation with you. I find that a lot of coaches have a hard time pushing back against clients because they're natural encouragers, but they're sometimes not very good at challenging people. And so the frame of this executive coach is that if your client isn't close to like getting so frustrated or perturbed with you in that coaching call that day, then you maybe didn't push hard enough. So I'm wondering from your side of things, how that has developed for you in your coaching skill set and mentoring that you do. Yeah, I think I've really had to work on that and develop it because I am a natural encourager. I'm also an Enneagram 3, so I care what people think about me. And I don't want them to think ill of me. But I also realize that when I have pushed back, that's been the time when there's been very dramatic results. So the same coach that I had that asked me, what was it about my leadership? One time I just asked her because she was coaching all these high-powered CEOs. I said, how do you walk in to these C-suites and ask these really tough questions and push back? And so she thought for a minute and she said, well, I really believe that it's my role to stand for the greatness of other people. And I don't see my clients as small and fragile, but I see them as big and strong. They can handle it. And my coaching may be the very thing that takes them to the next level. And if I refuse to speak, they're not going to the next level. So she said, I've just gotten to the place where I'm I'm willing to risk it 
to get that breakthrough so that they can realize their potential. And I've, I've never forgotten that. And I usually, probably almost in every coaching call, I have that thought. What is it that I need to say? Can I speak the unspeakable for the sake of their potential and taking them to the next level? That's beautiful. That's such a strong mind frame to sit inside of uh, when you're interacting with someone. So again, we could talk for hours, I know, Michael, but uh, I'd love for you to share. And to everyone else, I say this sometimes, uh, I do not know what Michael will end up divulging as you know the one thing. So I'm eager to hear from your perspective, the thing that's made a big impact on the results of clients or the relationship or the process that you have with clients and getting them a result. Well, I talk about this in my newest book, Mind Your Mindset, because I really believe that thinking is where it starts. Thinking leads to the actions you take. The actions you take deliver the results. And if you want to change the results, you got to swim upstream to get to the thinking. But how do you get access to the thinking? So, you know, I'm not a mind reader. And, you know, I've had these executive coaches that I thought, man, these people are Jedi masters. How do they know what I'm thinking? Well, I realized that it's that language is the key. The words people use reveals their thinking. And, and sometimes just a subtle shift in the language can change everything for the client. So occasionally, for example, you get a client that is catastrophizing about what they're facing. And they might say, man, I'm just facing this overwhelming problem. And it's just big and huge and gnarly. And I love to ask the question. I say, well, is that a huge problem or is it an interesting puzzle to solve? Well, now all of a sudden, I've awakened their curiosity and I've dialed down the drama on how they're viewing that big, nasty problem. And all of a sudden, what seemed unmanageable when they came into the coaching session, now it's kind of interesting. You know, now it's like, well, if I could solve, that'd be kind of cool. Or I, I could, I've done this myself, you know, where somebody says, you know, you say, well, how's it going? Well, you know, I've, I have to go to this staff retreat or I have to lead my team through strategic planning. But just a subtle shift there. I mean, what if you get to do that? But that language of duty and obligation will shape how they feel about it. It will shape their actions. It will determine the results. So if I can go in and crack their head open and do a little bit of tweaking on the language, sometimes I can reverse engineer it back because our thinking shapes our language, but our language shapes our thinking. There's this interesting reciprocal relationship between the two. So I just really try to listen for the language. And that's where I take notes. What are the words they're using? And I'll repeat to them that language. And once they... Do you ever... Yeah, sorry, Michael. Do you ever call out... So let's say I frame a problem or a circumstance or a situation in a certain way. Do you ever call out in that moment, you know, Todd, I just want to go back to something you had just said there. Is there a specific reason why you use the word stuck? Like, do you ever do that where you dial into like one particular word that's inside the sentence or the paragraphic framing of their thing? Absolutely. And that's why I'm trying to take notes because I want to use their language because I don't want it to be a mystery how I do what I do. Because I think that the ultimate is if they can get to the position of self-coaching, they're going to be better off. That, that eliminate the, the need for an external coach. But I want to teach them how to do this. We have this tool in Mind Your Mindset called the self-coaching tool. Because I think that, you know, first of all, I'm talking to them every two weeks. I can't be with them 24-7. They're going to have more problems than the one that happens to present on the day of our coaching session. 
so if they can learn to think this way and to pay attention to their own language, that's amazing. Michael, when you have seen other leaders that you've mentored and coached as well. And, you know, sometimes the leaders that you and I would both be coaching aren't looking to become coaches, but if you want to be a great leader of your own teams, you've got to have great coaching skills. Otherwise you'll be a a dictator or a manager more than you'll be a great leader. Do you see a lot of people jumping to solutions before they've really clarified the frame of the problem or the idea in that person's mind a lot? I do. And I think that's been my Achilles heel. I think this is kind of CEO-itis. You know, that we get paid to see problems and to fix them. And I noticed this in my family. First, I have five daughters. They're all grown now. Two of them are involved in my business. But when they became teenagers and when they became young adults, they would often say to me, Dad, I don't need a CEO right now. I just need somebody that can kind of partner with me and, and hear me out if you got some advice, I want to hear it. But I'm not trying to fix this problem so much as I'm just trying to be heard. And well, that really translates to the coaching world as well. Because first of all, I want to make sure I understand the problem and I'm not trying to fix the wrong problem. But second of all, I think it's important for people to be heard. And a lot of times, once people can externalize it, they see the problem with it as soon as they get it out. It's just when it's this ambiguous mess in their head that it feels unsolvable. But once they get it out, they often come to their own solutions. Yeah. Yeah. I just say that because I mean, I'm the same journey as you, the getting to the place of, instead of just paying attention to the way that someone has said the sentence, uh, I, I index towards words or the, I'm really interested in the vocabulary that you're using. And just like you've reframed it in that, is this a problem or is this just an interesting little puzzle for Like it's, that's a beautiful way of reframing that for someone, but the inability of a lot of leaders to just be patient with making sure that they're solving the right problem Instead of, you know, because communication, as you know, and you've written so many bestsellers, communication is difficult. How do you articulate the thing that you're feeling inside or emotionally trying to disentangle? And unless you have a great vocabulary, you're not going to have sometimes the best way of communicating to someone else, let alone their coach or, or mentor. Well, and I think it's easy when we're in that seat as a coach, you know, we have our own stories, this narrator that's talking in our own head. And somebody says something, it triggers a story in our mind. And so we go down that rabbit hole very quickly and we think, oh, that's like this. Is it? You know, sometimes you just have to listen and hear it out and make sure that you're not jumping to a conclusion that's not warranted. And I think, you know, as a, as a coach, I've really had, I'm still working on this, but I've really had to develop my listening skills. Now, that doesn't mean that I, I sometimes believe in directive coaching. You know, I don't like the model where it's all indirect. So that's definitely a tool in the toolbox. But I think once you get it, I think that's a point where you can just apply the right tool in the right situation and make a a difference. And sometimes you have to speak into that, but you got to solve the right problem to your point. Well, I don't know if you've watched that documentary that Jonah Hill did on Phil Stutz on Netflix, right? And, you know, Phil with his co-author wrote a great book, uh, The Tools, and then another follow-up book to that. But Phil was actually a bit ostracized in the uh, therapy world because he didn't believe in just sitting in the therapist chair and, you know, you see someone struggling and you know that you actually have a tool and you just sit there and you take notes and you just let that person kind of go off and figure out their own way. He was sort of criticized for, no, I've got something for you. Here's a tool. And that's one thing he really disliked about the 
that therapy world. And so you're right. I am 100% a believer in that as well. Like there's a time for indirect and there's a time for direct. Like when, if you've got a framework, Michael, I want it. I want it. <laughs> like give me the framework if it's going to help me, you know, think through this thing, you know, in a more effective way. Well, and, and your clients are coming to you because as I said at the beginning, they want to go further faster. They think you could accelerate the results. But if you just sit back and let them wallow in their problems, you know, maybe they'll feel better for a little bit, but you really haven't solved anything. You haven't moved them uh, further along. So I think it's a balance of both of those things. Just to kind of end with something here, do you have an example or a story of someone that you've been uh, coaching, advising, mentoring recently where that question where you reframed it from the problem to the, whether it's the interesting puzzle or another way that you might uh, frame it, made a huge shift in either the way that they went about solving it or just even the way that they started thinking about things so much differently? Well, yeah. And actually, I, I did this with a client last week and my wife had done this with me a couple of years ago, but it's like this. They were telling me about a, what a terrible day they had the week or the, the last week. They one, one day was terrible. And they went on and on about the whole thing. And I realized, and I was brought back to my conversation with my wife, I said, you know, it sounds to me like you didn't really have a bad day. It sounds to me like you had a bad 20 minutes. And that put it in perspective. And I think one of the most important things we do as coaches is lend perspective. Because, you know, objects often appear bigger than they are, you know, to quote what's often on a mirror. And, and it feels like it's a really big problem. And, and a coach can come alongside and be a little bit more objective. And problems are more solvable when they're small. But if you perceive it as some ginormous thing, you might not even take it on. You may just be content to stay stuck or to procrastinate. But if you can dial down that drama and make it a little bit smaller, you're serving everybody. That's such a great example, Michael, of what's essentially chunking. You took someone's because again, we get into the habit of just saying something. It's just a phrase, oh, I had a really bad day. But as a coach, you caught that ball that they threw your way and you said, if you look at this, it's actually not a bad day. It was a bad 20 minutes. You chunked it down. What a great, that's, that is superb coaching in the moment. And I hope anyone or everyone that's listening grabs that and uses it because being able to chunk down someone's frame of time that a problem existed is such a, it's a Yoda move in coaching. That's a great one. Thank you for sharing that one. We could talk all day. I've got a uh, hundred more questions for you. So I'd love to get you back uh, to share with our crew at, at UpCoach and the audience that listens. But before I let you go, where can people go to, well, you've got the book that just came out. So tell everyone about that, but where else can they go? Because you've got a lot more resources and learn more about your world. The book is called Mind Your Mindset. I wrote it with my oldest daughter, who's also the CEO of our company. And our company's called Full Focus. You can find it at fullfocus.co. And we're probably best known for a physical planner that we published that we've now sold about a million and a half copies of called the Full Focus Planner. And we created that actually for our own use and for our clients to help them kind of structure their days and, and to get out of the digital blizzard that most of us exist in 24-7 so that they could really execute and get done what they need to do. So you can find out about all that at fullfocus.co. 
Michael, once again, thank you so much. You dropped some great wisdom bombs as I had expected you to for us today. So thank you so much and encourage everyone to go and uh, not only snag Mindset Matters, but uh, a lot of the other great books that Michael has published over the years. So thanks again, Michael. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for listening to the UpCoach podcast with your host, Todd Herman. I hope you got a lot of value from today's episode. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. You get notified when we drop our next episode every week. Just type in the UpCoach podcast in the search and click the subscribe button on your favorite listening platform. And a review, a little snar rating, wouldn't hurt. And finally, all the show notes, tips, links shared, and the transcript is over at upcoach.com slash podcast, where you can also get your free trial for our modern transformation platform, specifically built for coaches and creators that care. The UpCoach podcast is produced by our friends at Ventures FM. Now that's all for this episode. We'll see you next time. And of course, keep on coaching.